0: Love well, bro, Roger. I never drink water on tour. All you gotta do is just
1: tap it in. I don't think the heavy shift's gonna come down for quite a while. If your head was a touch softer, I'd be in the fairway.
2: I never miss with the seven.
0: Well, hey golfers. Welcome to a good lie podcast. It's been a little while since we came to you, I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Also joining us, Ryan Michael. Gentlemen. It's been a weird time in the golf world, I guess, uh, nationally or internationally. I think everybody, if they're talking about golf these days, they're talking about the Saudi League. It's been capturing the attention of golfers, I guess, for the better part of a few years. But it sounds like it's really happening now.
3: I think I read last week that they had committed another $2 billion, with a B, yeah. to the uh, Live Golf. And so I, it's happening whether they you know there's i think initially the pga thought they could threaten enough to get people to be like okay we're not gonna fuck with it but they're just too much money
0: two billion dollars you can get almost any venture off the ground with that yeah <laughs> you can start your mom and pop shop with two billion in the tank <laughs> yeah
3: that's right that's so right was that and a then, direct
4: response to the pga like growing or trying to grow a pair and then the saudis are just like fuck them here's two billion more we'll show them
3: well i definitely think it was probably done to show a commitment to the golf i mean for them it's not about the money you know they they don't need the money it's their what they're buying is credibility they don't really care if the golf turns a profit is you know the, the way it looks and but the pga tour denied passes to do it you know so it's going to end up in court the lawyers don't think the pga tour has much of a case but at the same time i heard Will Zalatoris make the point that they're not saying they can't play in it they're just saying they can't play in both yeah i don't so i don't know i mean
0: yeah, what they're seeking is an exemption. And I guess because
3: they're you know independent contractors, it doesn't matter. But could you imagine another professional league having a rival league pop up like a pimple right next door, and the p- players just be
0: able to jump ship and go play for them too? Yeah, and come back the next week.
4: That's kind of like any other. I don't know, in my mind anyway. It's like if I was just doing my normal business and I was a you know. a 1099 contractor or whatever and then i up and decided to go work for the rival company then i'm breaking some sort of like it's a breach of contract and they can terminate my pay and my contract on the other one so is it not the same way that would work for the pga
3: i don't know but like i said i've listened to a couple national shows you know and who actually talked to lawyers about it and they seem to think that you know the pga tour in a court case would ultimately lose but i don't know it seems Fair enough. And, you know, and Greg Norman now has doubled down. He's like, we're going to keep fighting. And oh, God, then he, he just, that guy doesn't know how to, I mean, they could have picked literally anybody else to represent (laughs) their league and been so much better off. I mean, he is literally a, such a colossal boob. You (laughs) know, he writes (laughs) these these super narcissistic like letters and so adversarial at every turn. And then they literally interviewed him like yesterday. I don't have the quotes directly in front of me, but he, they basically asked him directly about the Khashoggi murder, the journalist who got literally chopped up by a bone <laughs> saw and carried out of a hotel like in different suitcases by their government. He it, said, everybody makes saw mistakes.
0: <laughs> it was and like, the United States government linked it to the crown prince of the Saudi government. So it's not, <laughs> it not some sort of low level person. This was the heir to the throne. Said, uh, <laughs> said,
3: There's lots of things that you, you could just classify as a mistake, but. A premeditated murder where the body was dismembered doesn't seem like slightly more than just a mistake.
0: Well, and also Greg uh, Norman, we're talking about golf here. Just say, give him a mulligan. Call it a mulligan. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> well, my thing is, is, was he saying that everybody makes mistakes? Was he saying that he has committed murder? <laughs> yeah. That was like, I, I mean, I don't know how literal it would take him. Like we've all killed, you know, our gardener or our maid when they upset us. <laughs> Hey, you know, who crazy. hasn't
0: done that? <laughs> hey, I've seen third leg Greg's photo that you showed me last episode, Colin. He slayed some things.
3: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: you know, that whether the PGA has a chance in their lawsuit or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the fact is that they have to make this move, right? Like, they, there's a competing golf tournament. People are applying for exemptions so they can basically compete against the organization. Yeah, you have to say no. Like, why would you ever not say no? Why would you ever say, oh, it's fine. It's fine to basically yeah, just yeah, go ahead. gut us.
4: It's like, I guess the PGA can't stop them from playing in the league, but they can say, like, if you play in that league, you're not going to play for us anymore. Is that what they're, That's what they're attempting to do? Yeah,
3: That's what they're saying. And I don't see why the, the PGA is like a sort of an independent organization. Can't do that, but apparently they can't. But, oh, Greg Norman also said he was late. Let's see, quote from Gulf J. Just Norman would later state, When asked about Saudi Arabia's discrimination against the LGBTQ community, "quote, I'm not sure whether I have any gay friends, to be honest with you." Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) Like I I mean, honestly, should I care? I don't even know any gay people.
0: (laughs) Oh shark! Oh shark!
3: (laughs) Well, that's he's such an utter buffoon. You know, him and Phil Mickelson just sword fighting it out for like the the most tone deaf like. There's a way to deal with this. You know what I mean? There's just to be like, listen, I'm a I'm a businessman. These people are gonna pay me more. You know what I mean? Like I just I, I feel like it's all the tap dancing around it and sort of, I don't know, pretending it's not a real thing that is makes it so sort of crazy. You know what I mean? If it was just like, listen, it's you know, obnoxious greed, guys. I'm a I'm a businessman and I wanna make money. Yeah. So
0: I respect uh, that answer more. People may have some thoughts about Phil. Like they maybe don't wouldn't trust him babysitting their kids or Think he's maybe not the best guy in the world, but I think most golf fans want Phil in the universe. You know, he makes things way more fun in a sport that sometimes can lack in fun. And we were talking before we went on air, the last couple weeks of tournaments, not the most exciting. Having a Phil around isn't a bad thing, and it's time for him to be out of golf jail.
3: Phil Phil's personality. And like I know we discussed in the show before, I need I need the world to re-welcome Phil back in. So he can get rid of some of what some of the dead weight, like on the broadcast and stuff, you know, like I yeah. want Bill talking about golf, that Bryson dance Sh- or Chamblee guy. Uh, you know, which one of those guys I'm talking about from the, 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 oh, the golf, golf channel. Broadcast?
0: Yeah. Since yeah. like, you're going to say Deschambeau for a minute, but yeah,
3: no, I can't
0: I think it, is what it is. Yeah. He's on a tirade yeah. about, uh, Oh, hate.
3: he's, he's way against live golf. And like, while I can appreciate his chances. I'm not like, man, you're the first guy I'd fire from the network. <laughs> like you are, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I want to put my kid to sleep, I'm like, watch this guy talk about golf. <laughs> you know, like, TNT has got Charles Barkley and and we've got Bryson Chambly or where the hell his name is. And, it's uh, Bryson I honestly, I can't remember their names, but because they're all the exact same human being. <laughs>
4: do you
3: know what I mean? Like, they have, they're, uh, the broadcasts are brain numbingly boring. Yeah. And nothing ever seems to change about them. I did see they're bringing in some young kid to do like, locker room and driving range sort of interviews and stuff. Yeah. And he's easily going to be the youngest person working in broadcasting and in golf by three decades.
4: The only one that's ever been, obviously other than like the SVP, he's pretty good. If he does golf, but he only does a few of them is Faraday has always been pretty good, but that, he's a recovering addict. So he's got some stories that are worth listening to.
3: <laughs> you, no, Faraday's good. That's what I mean. Like they, yeah. need more, they need a whole lot more Faraday and a whole lot less of everybody else. You know, I can, don't get me wrong. I can get down with you. Jim Nance, I mean, he's the voice of golf, but I mean, they just, those broadcasts like golf central or golf now, where the hell they call it. I mean, it is brain numbing. You know, they don't even show, they don't even show near enough highlights. They just talk and just a, an old white guy talking about golf. I don't know why I want to listen to this guy talk about golf. He doesn't talk about it in any, any kind of an entertaining way. I don't feel like I'm gleaning anything from this, this conversation. Like it's just boring.
4: Well, it's tradition to have boring white guys, old white guys talking
0: about golf. Yeah, it's well, a tradition I think
4: it's like part none of the other. Tours,
3: <laughs> and so the reason some of these golfers are getting mad at them is it, it does seem very stagnated and this live golf thing has made them start talking about team competitions and the fall schedule. You know, it, it they they are a group of guys who are, who haven't been real open to change and they need to change because they're just they're way too dependent on a few very big names to draw eyes to televisions.
0: I do wonder how long the golf boom from COVID will last because Golf has experienced a huge surge since the COVID days, but, you know, even the tiger boom faded after a few years, you know, and and this will fade too. And they need to take moments like now when there is a surge to bring in fresh blood, to bring in sort of new production ideas. I mean, we've bemoaned in the past about how some of the just things they do on the golf productions on Sunday or any time during the week. It hasn't changed since the 1970s, you know, and there's so many different uh, video technologies that other sports have utilized and watching baseball, it's almost hard to imagine not having the little strike zone any you know, in the picture every time you watch it in bat. or in football, the little yellow 10 yard marker line. Revolutionized watching football, in my opinion. But, like, there's things golf could easily do that you wouldn't take a genius in television production to fix, or, or to you know, just some consistency would be great. And they haven't well, seemed think, like they've reached out to do that. I do wonder if this live golf thing will push those boundaries because well, I don't know what the TV like, situation is like.
3: There's certainly things like player interviews during the round that I think well, there's a lot of players that would not love that, but there are probably guys like Phil who'd be like, sure, I'll talk to you. I, I think that's one thing that they, I wish they would try to do. I mean, they do it on every professional sport now, literally on ESPN, you watch a baseball game. They talk to the manager live during the game, you know, and they talk to coaches at halftime and, uh, players. And it, it, it's crazy to me that golf is just like, you, you don't get to hear anything out of the players the entire time they're playing golf yeah. unless some mic picks it up and it's not supposed yeah. to.
4: Yeah, yeah. I would like to hear more like dialogue between the caddy and the player, like the discussion about what the shot is and what they're trying to do and stuff like that. Like you said, you only get that if a mic happens to be near. Like mic the caddy up. It doesn't have to be on the player. Like mic the caddy up, and they can have you know they can turn it on and off or whatever, but require them to For do sure. it so much. Yeah, drones. So it kind of goes back to the. I get you said something about players not liking. Some players wouldn't like that, and I totally agree with that that a lot of them probably wouldn't. But for me, it goes back to like, every time I see an NBA player throw a hissy fit in a you know, post-game interview or something, the reason you make the money you make and get to do what you do for a living is because people like us sit at home and watch it. Like It's not for you, it's for us. So that's part of your job, if you want to play in that league and at that level, is to give us that access. So I don't give a shit if they like it or not. They, they're making the money off of us, so do it.
0: Well, you know, to me, I think like this year, the... F- what Phoenix waste management open was far more electric television than most of the masters. If the masters is the masters and people get up for it, but the way that they have incorporated the crowds and the cheering and the raucousness at that, I know it's not going to be all of golf and nobody would want it to be all of golf, but maybe a little bit of that in a lot more matches where, you know, that was at the 16th hole out there where the the college kids are just getting absolutely smashed—that is <laughs> great TV. I mean, you know it's great TV because it it spilled over outside of the golf world and was shown on. You know, it was it was viral for a little bit whenever the hole in one happened. You know, and and right. golf needs more of that.
4: The beer can, yeah,
0: yeah. Golf needs more of that, and I you know if you want. Eyeballs on golf. You need more of that, and and I think somebody had to been taking notes during that time because it was good friggin' TV. And uh, I feel like
4: that's what Tiger in his prime brought to golf. was like he he brought that ruckus crowd, those huge galleries, and he'd make those putts. You know, he interacted with the crowd and got people pumped up. You know, kind of like in a Jordan esque type way. And there's no one that does that. And Like Tiger's is obviously, you know, on the way out. He's, you know, he's aging out. Uh, Phil's doing the same thing. And there's there's nobody there that brings that kind of a uh, flurry. Uh, and they they need to find a way to offset that. I totally agree with what you're saying.
0: Who knows? The Saudi League might produce that kind of the competition or they may have some wild ideas. They may be the XFL of golf. I don't know. But there that, that may be a, a catalyst for some changes, I guess. And if that happens, maybe it won't be all bad, even though a couple of journalists might get beheaded in the process.
4: God, <laughs> yeah. If no It makes my TV better. I'm good with it. Hey,
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody. When I watch golf, <laughs> yeah,
4: everybody makes mistakes.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mulligan.
3: <More> <laughs> Saudi's just asking for a breakfast ball, ultimately.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know That's mean?
0: right. Yeah. Just plug another one. Take another one in your pocket, just in case. <laughs> Keep a journalist in your pocket just in case. Yeah, (laughs) Rose, I I just wanted to tell you, uh, I contacted our marketing guy for Sports Drink, who's the production company for our podcast, and told him that uh, we wanted to do some product reviews, particularly product reviews of some of the products we see advertised during some of these tournaments. Colin mentioned particularly square shoes because Faldo (laughs) – yeah. <laughs> Faldo recommends.
3: Yeah. I'm going to do the, I want to do the alien ch- the wedge. Yeah. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. And the uh, squares. Shoes. But Faldo, how do they make you hit father? You know? <laughs> and there was another one, something I saw on Instagram. It's the pocket bunker.
0: Okay. Go it's on. It's a little
3: rubber cap that goes in the bottom of a golf ball. It has little rubber like fingers on it to like simulate it in the sand, I suppose. Okay. I don't know. We'll put a picture of it on the Instagram yeah. uh, of the pocket bunker for people.
0: But it uh, sounds like I something you get those, at an adult I want store. to be able
4: to endorse all those products.
0: Yeah,
4: I'm a big fan of the Square Strike wedge myself.
0: I like the uh, the hammer putter, which is uh, <laughs> you use like a croquet mallet. Apparently, I'm a
3: bad golfer, <laughs> but I even I have never been so lost that I <laughs> watched Golf Channel at one in the morning. And thought I was going to buy a wedge that meant I never chunk another shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty bold claim. Uh,
0: well, how bold do you think it is to, to walk up to the first green with the, your foursome of buddies and pull your putter out, line up, and smack it like a claw hammer?
3: Like, it's, like <laughs> it's croquet.
0: Yeah, and then just put your putter back in your bag like it's a normal thing that you just did. <laughs>
3: I like to think I was there's never, some very wealthy guys in Florida using that stuff on, ga- on amazing golf
4: courses. I, I, I was never even a fan of the uh back in the day when they were doing the anchor to the chest putter thing got to be a thing before the PGA, you know, yeah. changed that rule. Like and that always bugged me. I couldn't even tolerate that. There's no way I'm doing some of these other ones.
0: I agree. Screw those putters. <laughs> yeah. Night. Uh have you seen the ads for these golf balls that apparently make a big loud explosive sound when you hit them? And that's all the <laughs> That's their whole marketing thing is they're loud. And so you get up to the tee box and you hit it. And I don't know if there's like percussion caps inside of it or something, but you just spook people. You know, you give your aging golf partner a heart attack. That's the trick. It goes
4: 120, goes 120 yards yeah. after you decimate yeah. That was certainly worth it. Yeah. I just got a, a seven on this par five.
0: Yeah. By the way, they only work once. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I've talked to our guy and said, look, we want to do some product endorsing. I don't know what kind of deals need to be arranged to make this happen. But we particularly – sure, you can give us a free, I don't know, Scotty Cameron Putter or uh, like a Sim (laughs) Max or Stealth driver. uh, But we're looking more for the square shoes type of thing. Yeah. We're yeah. a low-rent podcast and low-rent products. <laughs> That's right. But I don't know if advertising <laughs> it in this way is the best way to get companies to give us these products. To <laughs> <laughs> just
4: badger them and make fun of them?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. It was like, look, we know your product is ridiculous. We know you're some sort of crazy <laughs> carpetbagger and selling junk.
4: But we'd really like to talk about your product
0: <laughs> yeah. at great length.
4: <laughs> but so who know you're saying you are at it.
3: That'd be great. Are you, are you saying Nick Faldo is attaching his name to a product that doesn't give you more distance off the tee?
0: <laughs> well, it, he's told me those are the only shoes he'll ever wear. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah.
3: They must be good.
0: They must. Because Nick
3: be Faldo good. wouldn't do
4: something for money,
0: <laughs> <laughs> nor would any golfer. Just ask Greg Norman.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick Faldo actually si- signed up to do the uh, broadcast stuff for the Live League.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, So, oh, guys, uh, outside of the world of uh, professional golf – I uh, a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to meet up with our good friends at the Missouri Golf Association for their annual four-ball tournament at the Jefferson City Country Club, and I uh, got a chance to interview some longtime golfers in the area, uh, some golf officials. I should have mentioned at the beginning of the show, but uh, would you all like to hear a little of what took place a couple weeks ago at the Missouri Golf Association four-ball tournament this year? Absolutely. All right, let's cut to it now, and then we'll come back. We hope to... Uh, come to you from Missouri Golf Association events throughout the year and uh, highlight some of the area's best golfers so I'm sitting down now with Kevin Dunn he's the the head pro at uh, Jeff City Country Club Looks like a pretty day after a couple rainy days yeah, over the weekend.
1: Gorgeous day today, making up for what we had to put up with yesterday, that's for sure.
0: From what I'm hearing, though, the uh, the course has handled the water pretty well.
1: Yeah, our crew's done a great job. Tim and his guys, they, they were awesome out there taking care of the bunkers, getting, they're getting us in the right spots, and uh, the golf course is actually in pretty good shape now.
0: So, from... For folks who aren't from the Jeff City area, tell us a little bit about the Country Club and about this course in particular, and and about the event today, the four ball tournament. Okay.
1: Well, today's event is the Jefferson City Country Club four ball. Uh, has three different divisions that we host here: uh, the regular, senior, and super senior. Um, had about eighty teams actually actually eighty teams in the tournament, and um, it's been uh, been fun to been fun to host
0: so uh, i guess uh, we're recording now it's about four uh, thirty in the afternoon a lot of the senior groups are in and it looks like some of the scores are coming in and uh two under was what the lead- leader in the pack is in the seniors and four under and i
1: think the uh, leader of the senior division was two under in the two-man team and the leader in the super senior super senior division was also two under and i think right now four under is leading the regular division so the, the course is holding up pretty pretty well
0: in the in these conditions well i was going to ask how does that stack up to years past on scores, this
1: course scores are a little higher this year uh mm-hmm golf course being wet playing a little bit longer uh made it more difficult Uh, the wind is and the wind is really picked up this afternoon so it's it's tough conditions out there for him
0: it's great so this has got to be one of the first mga events of the season i would think right (laughs)
1: Yes, I believe it is. I know it is for as far as team events go, for sure. Um, this is an event we have hosted for a couple of years for Scott, and it's a great event for the club. Great event to get for the Missouri Golf Association to get things kicked off. Um, from what I understand, they sold out this event very quickly uh, once once uh, registration was open. So it's uh, everybody's excited to play golf this year did you do any playing today or were you just managing affairs no I'm I'm the I'm just kind of helping Scott run the run the event so I'm out there kind of watching and getting things ready and um, watching everybody else play golf. Hopefully I'll get to play golf here one of
0: these days. I know. I'm looking out the window here, and everything looks beautiful and green, and I'm chomping at the bit myself. But, uh, yeah, I
1: might go out this afternoon after, if I get a, get them off the golf course soon enough. <laughs> Good
0: luck with that. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. And uh, this is a great event. And if anybody's interested, you can go to the Missouri Golf Association's website and learn more about it and uh, be here again next year, right?
1: Yep, yeah, we plan on hosting it again next year, hopefully. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.
0: sitting down right now with Don Bliss, and uh, I was talking to Scott Hovis earlier, and he was reeling off accolades for you. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you're the king of Missouri golf. No,
2: not, not, not true. I've had some success uh, over the years, but uh, starting to, the years are starting to add up, so uh, I uh, had a lot of fun, though. had a lot of fun.
0: Well, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from, and how did you get involved with uh, golf to begin
2: with? Uh, originally, I'm from, I grew up in St. Louis. I played uh, junior golf up there. I you know, I was a decent junior player. I, I wanted to go to University of Missouri College, but they didn't offer me a scholarship. So I walked on to Oklahoma State, which turned out to be the best thing I, I could have done. Because you, you learn how to play golf down there. And uh, so I had some success down there. I, I lettered three years and uh, won the Big Eight my junior year there. And my senior year made an All-American team. So then after after that, I uh, I got a job in St. Louis, uh, which took me to Kansas City. For A couple of years where I met my wife, and then to California for five years. When I was in California, I met also, there, there are a lot of good competition out there. And uh, so I, I had a. Probably my best competitive year was that the year before I moved back. I, I made the semifinals in the California State Am, and the, I, I was runner up in the Southern California Am, and won a couple of tournaments, and made the, the cut in the LA Open as an amateur, and then moved back to St. Louis in '81, the company, same company, and. Uh, and then over the last uh, you know had a young family so i just kind of set my sights to play state and kind of local golf and maybe the u.s amateur so you know after uh at, you added up at that won the state amateur four times i was a medalist in the state am six times won i think 13 various state championships mga state championships and you know played in 15 u.s amateurs and 29 qualify for 29 usga tournaments championships overall so you know it's a, it a good amateur career and uh won the five st louis metropolitan tournaments match and metal play so and then senior golf had some success but i'm 70 now so i'm it's uh i'm just kind of I'm, I'm playing in a few tournaments a year well this is one of them it sounds this like this is one of them didn't play very good today It was tough out there but well, we don't have to we can edit all that out, you oh, know,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Scott says you were president of Missouri golf Association uh, for a Oh, while, yeah, so. a
2: long time ago, uh, back in the, oh gosh, maybe ninety one ninety two and uh, we were going through some difficult times at the time, and but uh, we've come a long way, and the is doing great. Scott's doing a great job. you know it's great to have courses like this you know that that allow uh, you know amateur golf to hold events at, you know and and Jeff City's certainly been. You know, they stepped up more than their share over the years. In fact, I, this is—I've had I won the state amateur here, and I've won uh, I probably won more amateur tournaments here on this course than any other course. So, this has always been one of my favorite courses here.
0: Well, I was wondering—you said you're, you're just doing a few tournaments here and there these days. Uh, what What is it about this particular one that brings you down from Kansas like this
2: course? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, before the. Uh, the, the original, you know, most of the terms I won were, were before they uh, the regular tournaments, uh, before they made the changes to the greens and the course. And, and uh, you had to control your ball because the greens were so sloped. You had to really stay below the hole. And, and I was a pretty good ball striker. I was very consistent and could manage, you know, my distance as well. And uh, so I was, I think that's why I had some good success. I could keep the ball under the hole here. The newer greens aren't quite as severe a, a, as the old. You know, I've wanted a couple of senior events on the, what the newer greens, but, uh, well, I played Stan Utley in the finals here in, in 80, 83. Yeah, 1983, Stan and I played in the finals. Yeah. Had a good match, so. Being from
0: Oklahoma State as an alum, the it's pretty windy today. So, I mean, oh, yeah. I feel like that's probably. Yeah,
2: I, I, yeah it was a windy cool. I just didn't play well. Uh, Jerry played better than I did, but we. You know, we, it, it wasn't easy out there uh, yeah. by any means. So, uh, but it was disappointing that I, you know, first first tournament of the year for us, so a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everybody's got a lot of rest today, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on with us, sure. Don. We're, we're going to try to get as many guys appreciate, interviewed appreciate as possible. appreciate your
2: help and support of the game and, and, yeah, anything we can do
0: be great. Absolutely. We're going to try to get this out as many people and, and uh, get as many new Missouri golfers going as we possibly can. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I've got Fred Kostecki with us. He's the uh, rules official out here with Missouri Golf Association and their tournament today. Uh, thanks for joining me, Fred. It's
5: my pleasure to be here.
0: You know, I was talking to Scott Hovis earlier, and he said there'd been some rule changes this coming year. And, and can you uh, elaborate on what some of those are for the folks who are going to yeah, be in tournaments this year?
5: Actually, the rules changed back in 19, 2019. And so the only uh, rule changes that uh, have happened so far are clarifications of Mm -hmm. what was in the current rules. But in 2023, they're going to issue new rules, which I'm sure will incorporate a lot of the clarifications that they have now and others that I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if anyone other than the people in the USGA and R&A are aware of. Yeah. We
0: we have a lot of rookie golfers. Obviously, after COVID, a lot of people started getting involved with golf maybe for the first time. And they know some of the basics, but they don't have the opportunity to sit down with a rules official very often. So just for like a – not even just an amateur, but a a newbie to golf altogether – one of the most common things that's going to happen is they go onto the tee box and they tee off and they plop one right into the water. And, you know, I've been with guys and they, they, they'd start debating right away. It's like, well, you know, that's obviously there's a penalty there, but like, what do you do next and how many strokes is in it? How does it, just the most basic level, how does this work for whenever from the tee box, say on a par four, somebody just plops one into the water?
5: Okay, I guess there's two things with penalty areas one is a yellow penalty area, one is a red penalty area. Most of the penalty areas today are red penalty areas. Almost all of the yellow penalty areas have been eliminated, And but there's different options when you have a red or a yellow. When you have a yellow penalty area, you can always go back and do stroke and distance. You can go back on the line, so keeping the spot where your ball last crossed the penalty area, the edge of it, keeping that between you and the hole, go back as far as you want. The other one is a two a lateral two club lengths and from the edge from where you went in.
0: Basically when you're talking about stroke and distance, you're talking about you're putting you're teeing the ball back up from where your initial shot was.
5: Yeah, if you're going off of a tee and out mm-hmm. of the teeing area, yes, obviously you can play from anywhere within the teeing area and you can re tee your ball. But if you hit that ball on a second shot, let's say, and it goes into a penalty area, then you're going to play within one club length of where you last played the last ball, the last shot. And, uh, and obviously you can't tee it up then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right, and from the tee box, obviously, at that point, you're shooting three. Right, that's your that's your, your you're looking at your third yeah, shot.
5: If you did that, you'd be playing three, yeah. right, because it's a one penalty stroke to get out of the penalty area. But most of the time, you're not going to go back and do stroke and distance. You're either going to do back on the line or lateral
0: right so that you mentioned the red and the yellow lines and uh you know i'm glad you said that because i think as a new golfer people don't even know
5: what those are there for you know and you said that the yellow lines are almost going away why is that well because there, there's really no purpose in it anymore other than if you have a lake or something fronting or right next to the putting green then you want the player to have to negotiate that penalty area so in that case you would make it a yellow Mm -hmm. penalty area but Mm -hmm. most of the other time they're red penalty areas
0: so what what would you say as as a rules official as somebody who knows ins and outs of golf what's the number one question you get from golfers
5: yeah i would say that uh, players want to know how to take free relief from an abnormal course condition and that abnormal course condition can be an immovable obstruction can be temporary water can be an animal hole uh it can be ground under repair mm-hmm. and so that's one that players should all be aware of and basically it's the nearest point of complete relief no closer to the hole and one club length how uh, how abnormal
0: does it have to be and if it's a if the if it's just a patch of hard pan mud where otherwise is green grass is that abnormal or is that just bad luck
5: no it depends on the course so you might get some courses that are absolutely pristine and that might be something very unusual so Mm that would be an abnormal course condition on other courses that might be typical so it might be throughout the course and if that's the case it's not going to be treated as ground under repair so what about say a um a drainage vent or a sprinkler, and your ball just happens to
0: land on that. Is that considered an abnormal area, or is, what, what's the rules on those?
5: Yeah, that would be because it's uh, considered an abnormal condition, mm-hmm. and that includes, like I said before, an immovable obstruction. Right.
0: Okay. Well, great. I appreciate you sitting down and, and talking with us. And, and how's the day been for you today?
5: Uh, the day's been good. It's been tough for the golfers because of the wind. Yeah. And yeah. This, this spring has been a tough spring. At least in the Midwest, there's been a lot of rain and there's been a lot of wind.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for sitting down with us and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Okay, it's my pleasure. So there you go. I I had to go by myself to this because Rose and Colin both went on a drunken bachelor party fest to Texas instead and left me holding the bag to do all the work. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. And I think I couldn't help but thinking when I was out there that, oh man, these guys would enjoy being out here. This is a lot of fun. And the next one of these, they're going to want to be at it. Have you all ever been to the JCCC before?
4: I have never been to... Uh, I've never watched a tournament there, but I've played there several times and I actually worked there uh, on the grounds crew through high school. So I have an intimate understanding of the facility, even though it doesn't ever help me when I play it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've never played there.
4: <laughs> I, the course is beautiful. In my opinion, you can probably second this from walking it around. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the most meticulously maintained courses in Mid Missouri. Uh, the Greens are amazing. I'm still friends with several of the guys that still work on the grounds crew. They've had a lot of the same guys for a long time. It's just they do a very, very good job. Uh, but the the course is challenging., uh, it doesn't look like it necessarily walking around it, but the rough gets thick, the grass or the greens are very fast. um and to me, I was kind of thinking about this the other day. What I struggle with there a lot when I do play it uh, is that something like I don't know fourteen of the eighteen greens are like elevated or you're hitting up, yeah, when you're with your approach shot into them. so you can't you can't really see the green and how it lays out. so whereas a lot of courses, I don't know if it's like a feel thing for most people. Like for me, it is, you know, like I kind of, you see, you visualize a shot and you kind of feel it a little bit and kind of where you want to land it, guide it in there, however you want to say it. But when you can't do that, when it's sort of blind, you have to just strictly go off. Like what distance you think you will your club? And I can't really see the green. So I think I should land here and it makes it really, really difficult.
3: I played there and I thought it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm lying. I did play there and it's a, it is a difficult course and uh, it's, it's very beautiful. And, you know, I tell you what, if you get a chance, it's one of those courses you get to go play that actually has real sand. You know what I mean? Like most courses yeah. you play at in Missouri have that, I don't know, the, the sand that seems permanently wet. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, they have actual like powdered sand. And uh, it's a, it's a, I wouldn't say it's fun to play out of the bunkers. It's never fun to play out of the bunkers, but I, I enjoyed the bunker play. And, you know, lucky for me, I found myself in the bunker a little bit.
0: Yeah. Good for you.
4: It,
3: it's
0: yeah. a
4: rare course around here that has a lot of them too. Like most of the courses we play around here, they have sand, but not like tons of it.
0: Yeah. And Jeff it's city like, has a lot of it. And it is like what Colin was saying. That sort of <laughs> Creek gravel sand that they right. dredge out of the Morrow river. by Jeff city, <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: It's that, it's like that, the diamond dry they put on the baseball fields yeah. They yeah. throw in there, but it, yeah. and it actually, the country club has less. When I worked there like forever ago, back in high school, it was, they had like a hundred plus bunkers, I think, or something like that. I know this because it was my job to rake them every
0: day. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, but and they they cut a lot down when they they like semi renovated the course several years ago and like did new t blocks and uh, redid a lot of the greens and reshaped a few of the fairways and put a new driving range and all that kind of stuff in and they reduced some of the uh, sand traps when they did that and but there's still like seventy some I think roughly
0: the groundskeeper I ran into when I was out at that tournament and the first uh, couple preliminary rounds were actually rained out because we got a lot of rain that weekend of the tournament and. Following that, it was super windy, so the guys were playing in some really rough conditions, but... The uh, groundskeeper told me that uh, while it may have made things tougher on the golfers, all the rain they got was tremendous for the golf course and the grass. And so I know it's been hot lately, but it did look good and it was going—it was in good shape for the remainder of the summer. At uh, it was tough to be out there and not be able to play it. To be honest, I mean, I had a lot of fun being out there, but it was the only drag was I was the only guy that didn't have his clubs out that day.
3: Well, I, I can—I based on who plays in those things, though, Brittany, you have no business. Getting having clubs with you, <laughs> or even true. real honestly speaking to these people in a lot of ways. But, uh, That's true. You're, you're you're
4: unworthy. You're the unwashed, the unclean. So, what kind of a? Uh, um, I know a few of the guys that played, and I know they're good golfers. But like, what what kind of scores and stuff did we did you see there? Like, how good are some of these guys?
0: Well, I think like with the caveat that it was very windy, and they told me that the scores were down overall because of the conditions that weekend that what i saw the scores generally are a little lower than than what we got this year but anyway all these guys i mean it, these are missouri golf association tournaments these are going to be some top amateur golfers basically is what you're dealing with and then then they had a seniors event and a super seniors event
4: so i know a couple guys from our club that are you know a couple of the better shoes there i think one of the guys is actually like our club champion last year played in it i knew that but i didn't I never saw any results, but I know he was playing it, and he's a really, really good golfer.
0: So Corey Choate and Jason White, St. Louis, they ended up being the winners for the tournament, and I think they were the final pairing of the day. And birdied on 18 to actually pull off the win over, I think, second place was Elliot Soyuz. Goddard and Jeff Bell and uh, from Wichita. Uh, so, yeah, Choton White finished five under. In the seniors division, Mike Wilson from Rocheport and his partner, Scott Williland from uh, Quincy, Illinois, they tied with for first with Kevin Rome of Kansas City and Scott Mason from Shawnee, Kansas, and they were four under um, par 68 for the seniors. And then the super seniors, Bob Trittler of Wentzville and Bob Mee of Eureka, uh, they – Pulled it out by three strokes over Tom McHenry and Al Kroger from Jeff City. Five under was the championship score for them. The
3: bobs got them, Brennan.
0: The bobs got it. So
3: They got them. Those bobs, they're they're, they're pesky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was a good opening <laughs> event for the MGA calendar, and I am looking forward to getting to other things. The next, uh, Missouri Golf Association event's coming up at the end of May on the 31st about out in Kansas City and in St. Louis. In Kansas City, it's the, at the Oakwood Country Club. And in St. Louis, it's a, the Falls Golf Club, but it's their state amateur qualifiers. That'll be good. And then June 1st will be the senior four ball championship out in Eureka. We're gonna to have to get to some of these. There's another state amateur qualifier. I know we'll probably have to get to June 3rd, and that's at the Jeff City Country Club again. Maybe you guys can make this one.
3: Make it, Brennan. I plan on winning it. <laughs> sure,
0: <laughs> sure thing. But handicapped, uh, right? Yeah, that's right. We wanted to get this into you a little bit sooner, but I was struck down by a dirty illness, and then uh, it was down in the mouth. And then, like I said, Colin and Rose, they were sidelined by a wedding. Though I think, feel like it was a. Six week wedding. There was events going on all the time. You were down in Texas for the bachelor party, and the wedding was last weekend. I saw Colin briefly at the wedding and barely understood what he said because he was—I I think the medical term is—tore <laughs> down drunk
4: <laughs> by four p.m. Yeah, I was—I uh, was ill too, but it was for a different reason. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, Brendan, yeah, I was uh, having a good time. Yeah, so we were entertaining Colin's wife, my wife, and I were, and our little table of people. Colin came up from the – he was in the wedding, so he was separated from us. And he comes up to say hi to his wife and give us a little chat. He was at top Colin volume, first of all. So you're <laughs> like, okay, well, Colin's, Colin's had a few drinks because he thinks we're all in a tunnel. He needs to yell. And uh, I, and most of what he said was incoherent, except the only thing that I knew that he'd said, because he was proud of himself, was he'd made a reference to the movie Labyrinth. <laughs> And out well, of if nowhere, you
3: saw the girl's makeup, you'd have known how spot on that yeah. reference was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giggling because I know exactly
4: who he's talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a gal there who laid it on a little heavy with the makeup. It looked like Drew Carey's enemy from his sitcom in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: well, as long as all the listeners to this podcast are over the age of 37, everybody's going to get that reference. For them.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's not as relevant as your labyrinth reference. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. <that> was- <laughs> from the fucking 80s
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: david bowie <laughs> yeah
4: sure it is, a, it, it, is a golf, it is a golf podcast so surely about at least half will get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the drew Carey show and david bowie <laughs> that's what they're <laughs> open <hoping> to get <laughs> anyway yeah she was a clown and uh or a prostitute one of the two or a clown prostitute possibly which i'm sure there's a niche market for I'm not going to judge anybody. I've
4: never met a clown prostitute, but I hope before my days are over.
0: <laughs> Exist.
4: I don't know. I, don't, um, I can confirm she wasn't a prostitute because I thoroughly checked
0: that out. <laughs> he says he checked it out. He offered money to her.
4: <laughs> <laughs> she didn't buy it as quickly as I thought she would.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, knows, he, he didn't knows offer money.
3: It. He offered drugs. Let's be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and They weren't even good drugs. <laughs> uh, so anyway that's a, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that too we've been sort of out of pocket for the last week or two
4: I can't wait for our buddy that had the wedding listens to this and he's just like ripping on his cousin
0: yeah <laughs> well she deserves every bit of it uh, well guys have you done any uh any golfing lately I have not it's been either freezing cold and then suddenly blazing hot
3: <laughs> and raining almost constantly
0: yeah when it's nice it's raining
3: I uh actually Men's league started. I have uh, easily played two of the worst rounds of my life. So uh, apparently, I'm good under pressure.
0: Yeah, it sounds that way. Yes, yeah, so this is new for you, right? You joined a men's first, league. This yeah, year.
3: first first year I've joined a men's league, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And it's it's nice to have a, a weekly game. But I haven't impressed anyone. But the good news is, is all the people I've been playing with are also all on golf.
4: <laughs> I was getting ready to ask so like when you go out there do they just pair you up with somebody you ride with that day or how does that work
3: well the first week I went I was with they just put me with a couple of guys I'd never been before I actually found once I played it and I realized oh I know you know three or four guys were in it and so um, the first week I played with actually a couple of really nice guys who were exceptionally good golfers you know scratch golfers and so I was uh, definitely I was sort of like well imagine a professional sports team and they always have some ridiculous mascot. I was that pairing's ridiculous mascot um, <laughs> who didn't belong with them. But this week I played with uh, a couple of guys I already knew because now that I knew they were in the league, they, they had me uh, play with them. And they uh, played awfully too. And so I felt really comfortable. I've had a lot of fun being bad at golf.
4: It's always more fun when you're with your people.
0: Yeah. Rose asked me if I wanted to be in his uh, member guest tournament this coming summer. And then he told me how much it was. And I was really relieved that I was not available.
4: <laughs> yeah the, it goes back to the uh it goes back to what you were saying about golf just being like maxed out right now we was like our our club the membership has been full i think for over a year now and to even sign up for this thing the last two years you know you have to show up on a certain day in person you can't call in they like start accepting uh, like you line up basically they start taking names at a, like eight o'clock in the morning so we're like so many people showed up so early uh, and the weather—it was really cold the day they did the sign-up. They h- handed out like raffle, ticket like tickets for everybody with a number on them. So they didn't have a fist fight <laughs> trying to get into the clubhouse to sign up. It's crazy. Like it's, I think they filled 72 teams up in like
0: three hours or something. So
4: okay. I actually asked Colin to do it too, and he has a thing going on. I asked you to play. I asked. Mm-hmm. I've gone way down in the weeds uh, for my guy on this. Well,
0: I knew you—you you were in the weeds when you got to me.
4: Yeah, but he's another <laughs> friend of ours, so uh, I th- we'll have a good time, nonetheless. <laughs> Who'd you get, by the way? Caleb the Greek.
0: <laughs> so uh, Caleb he's, the Greek. He's in, he's in. I thought he was on the fence.
4: He was basically like 90% out. Uh, and then as soon as I asked you and you said you couldn't play, I went back to him and I'm like, hey, last last chance or I'm going to have to like drop out of it. And yeah. he ended up being able to come. So I got my guy and we're ready to roll.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, I'm sure you're going to win. His handicap will put you in a different grouping than if I was with you.
4: That is true. His handicap is actually really similar to mine now, so uh, it might be interesting to see how that goes because we'll be in a lower like group, but we won't get any strokes on anybody. We'll just have to play everybody straight up, so it might make it entertaining.
0: Well, like I said, I haven't played anywhere, but I do have a tournament coming up. I got invited to uh, in a tournament in Columbia for, it's like for you can't crane relief from the Korean International Program Center at the University of Missouri. So out of left field, but I'm looking forward to finally getting back out on the course and it's just a scramble, so low pressure situation. Anyway, it's been it's been weeks for me.
4: Yeah, I'm a. I'm I played a- yesterday for the first time in like two weeks because all that wedding stuff. It was interesting. It wasn't. I had like three straight topped irons, so those weren't good. But uh, the score overall wasn't as bad as it probably should have been. Yeah, I feel like
3: at this point in my life, like real duffs are not should not be part of a round. You know what I mean? Like I don't expect to hit great shots every time, but like the the topping, you my driver, or you know, just purely shanking an iron, or you know, those days should theoretically be behind me. But I, I, I have to admit, on on men's league, I uh, hit a hybrid about, about um, eight feet in front of me, and I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! You know, and guys, I was playing, kind of got a big chuckle out of it because I let out a uh, the uh, the Jesus Christ! I screamed, I must have had a, a lot of disgust in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say that those shanks and bad shots they're so, most certainly not out of my game in any way <laughs> they're still there
3: well don't no gonna be wrong i hit a lot of bad golf shots but they're golf shots you know yeah. the ball gets off the ground it's in the air you know what i mean i just like there's not a complete duff shank you know top uh i i really those are the sorts of things that uh you know if i miss a putt like that's unfortunate. I get to get upset. And, um, but, and, and, you know, if I, I slice a drive, it's, I'm, of course I'm not happy about it, but those just sheer embarrassing, like day one fuck ups. Those are the one things that really like, I will <laughs> just blow my top, like mother. Fucker, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Well, I, my favorite on the other end of that, my favorite way to miss a shot is to like thin a mid iron, because I feel like when I do that, It's not what I intended to do, but the distance is generally pretty close. The the end result, especially if the weather's, you know, if it's been dry and the grass is pretty forgiving, the, it gets about the same distance as if I (laughs) hit it beautifully in the air. It may not be the exact result I was wanting, but as far as like forgiveness is concerned, it's unlike hitting your, you know, your hybrid eight feet in front of you. You you may not get on the green, but you're going to get somewhere in the vicinity where you're like, well, that was ugly as shit, but I'm moving forward.
3: Well, Rose can tell you the story of, uh, we yeah. went golfing with our, I few of those yesterday too. We went golfing with our mutual friend Cody. I think was it was last summer, and the tee blocks at Meadow Lake are sort of slanted towards the golfer. Yeah. And he, he hit his drive, smacked into one of those. The ball went flying backwards and went into the community pool.
0: <laughs> I, I was there.
2: <laughs> oh, he yeah. Did. You
4: were there too.
0: Yeah. It was one of the most amazing <laughs> golf shots that I've works. ever seen. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I've, I've, never, I've never really seen anything quite like that. The only other one that I even have to compare it to is another friend of ours, Ben. I hope he's listening to this. Is he? Uh, I've seen him like top it so badly with his driver off of the tee that the ball only went about six inches in front of him, but drove so far down into the tee block that you couldn't even see the ball. Like We had to dig it out of the, <laughs> the <earth. laughs>
2: wow. He has
4: to carry a spade in his,
3: in his golf bag just in case.
0: I've uh, I but played uh, at Redfield a couple of times that I shouldn't even have been allowed onto the course because it was so wet and I've uh, cratered a few shots into the fairway and I'm like oh what a great shot where's my ball
4: right <laughs> man that was like that you were talking about the weather uh, how it's we had all that rain and now that you know this week the sun came out it's like ninety right. degrees all week and um, holy shit that will make the rough grow like I lost <laughs> yeah. several balls or it took us a while to find almost any ball that went in the rough and then you had to get it out of it. Yeah, it was
3: uh, it was brutal on Tuesday when, it, like I said, at the men's league, it was the rough was rough wasn't it wasn't isn't a strong enough word for what it was. I mean, it was it was like a stroke penalty to be in it. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get your second or your approach shot. Just forget trying to you know hit the green. You're just going to have to try to get get back in the fairway and and give yourself a golf shot.
0: I tell you what, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow when I'm at that tournament uh, in Columbia. It's at Lake of the Woods, and I don't know. You've never played there, I don't think, right, Rose? I think we discussed this. No. Um, I think it was the third or fourth hole. I can't remember. What. It's early on the front nine. There's a there's a green that is just shaped in it's, – it's shaped like a human tit, right? Like that's what we're talking about. <laughs> it is just a mound, you know, and it is one of the least forgiving greens I've ever seen. And it's frankly ridiculous. It shouldn't be part of the course. And I just can't wait to get through that goddamn hole.
3: You can hit a balloon shot and really get it up there and be accurate with it, you might be able to get to stick on top yeah. of the green.
0: If they're wet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, hey, fellas, well, I think we've done it. It's been a uh, an hour of golf entertainment. Hopefully, temperatures are going to come yeah. down a little bit, and we'll be able to play a little bit more golf. And I uh, do think 1st uh, June, maybe, will be an opportunity we can get back out to the Missouri Golf Association events and uh, talk to some more fellas and see what's going on. Over the course of the s- summer.
4: Absolutely. I can't yeah. wait to captivate our audience with more mid 90s score stories from us.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or uh, they can listen to us talk about our own golf games, which is so fascinating honestly.
0: Yeah. Or why wife, my wife's always like, "Tell me more about your game this week."
3: <laughs> yeah, that's my wife.
0: Too. No, no, no. What what, what? about the 7th hole? I remember yeah. what you scored last time. Tell me more about this round.
3: If I do one more my practice wife, swing in the
4: kitchen, my wife is going to move me out, I think.
3: My wife likes to remind me how expensive golf is every time she wants to go out to a restaurant and I'm like,
0: "Oh." Uh. <laughs> but did you tell her that golf is what you want to do? <laughs>
3: yeah, well, as I've told you, Brendan, being an adult means uh, spending every day of your life working and paying bills and taking care of things. And then when you want to spend four hours doing the thing that you want to do, everybody gets to call you selfish.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: if she, uh, I'll tell
0: if you, she what. knows
4: about the expense of the golf. If she knew about all the booze and gambling, she'd really be pissed.
0: <laughs> well that's
4: why if we don't let her listen to the podcast
3: I was going to
0: say if you want to bitch about uh, not being fair that people call you selfish for you know taking some time out to golf we found the audience if they're listening to this they're like yeah man exactly totally I'm on Colin's side they <laughs> yeah. get it
3: though these guys get it they get it <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right it's it's just some personal health time you know, some mental health time for me it's a me time yeah. I need it yeah. alright let's sign off to this thing guys till next time fellas there's a lot of ways to win on the course, but if you don't have talent or luck, you can always count on a good lie.
3: Fire! But Faldo, how do they make you hit farther?